We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pod. Dick Whalen, Alex Barutha, back with you as we are every Monday afternoon. We are brought to you by Underdog. We're brought to you by FanDuel. Underdog Fantasy is the number one platform for NBA best ball and DFS player pickup contests. If you haven't tried Underdog yet, new users receive a first time deposit bonus up to 100 bucks and and a free six month subscription to Rotowire with promo code RWNBA. That's RWNBA underdogfantasy.com or you can download the underdog app right now use that code rwmba that'll get you your free rotowire subscription six months all access to everything on the site plus that deposit bonus fanduel can tackle millions in prizes all playoffs long in fanduel fantasy contest if you're new to fantasy there's no better time to get in on the action because right now new customers get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred bucks playing fantasy for huge cash prizes on fanduel it's fun it's exciting just draft your lineup, watch your team move up the leaderboard. I was playing on FanDuel for championship weekend. I was out in a, a legal gambling state uh, last week. So fired up the FanDuel app, threw in some bets for championship weekend. Love, love doing that. Make it super easy on the FanDuel app. Plus with FanDuel, you could choose from full slate contests. So you can do multiple games, single game contests, season long best ball, beginner only. Those are great if, if you're new to fantasy. Uh, basically any kind of contest or any kind of bet you want to play you can find it on FanDuel. And when you win, the best part is you get paid right away, instantly. So with the Super Bowl coming up, get that 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com to start playing for huge cash prizes today. All right, we got that business out of the way, Alex. Good to talk to you again, man. Uh, as you can see, it's very sunny here in the, the greater yes. Milwaukee area as I, I continue to piece together my new office. Um, thought we ordered blinds last week. And I'm sitting, you know, watching the Lions 49ers game with my my wonderful wife, whom I love, last night. And she's like, oh, yeah, it looks like I never actually ordered those. They're still sitting in my cart. So uh, <laughs> I'm being blinded. I can't even see my second monitor because the sun is hitting it directly. But hopefully in like 10 minutes or so, the sun will be low enough uh, that we'll have a little bit better visibility. But how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, I, I assume you watch plenty of basketball and plenty of football. Watch plenty of basketball. Uh, caught some of the, the highlights from the, the football game. Um yeah, honestly, a pretty pretty standard weekend for me. Uh, just kind of hunkered down. At least the weather's getting a, a little bit better here in Wisconsin. The snow is almost melted, actually. 
<laughs> you know, we I was in Arizona last week and we were coming back from the airport on Saturday afternoon. And I, I said to Molly, it's like this is this is like the time of year where if you're visiting Wisconsin, you're like, I, why would anybody ever want to live here? Because like the highways are just like a gray brown sludge. Uh, there's yeah. like whoever these people are that like throw stuff out of their car. I, I don't understand littering, especially on a highway. <laughs> insane. But it's like just like kind of garbagey. There's like sticks all over the place. Like this is this is the depths of living in Wisconsin. Like the month of February is like the absolute worst. But you're right. We I've almost been scared to look at my weather.com app for the last few weeks. But we're we're really creeping up into the 40s in the Milwaukee area. Um, big weekend, of course, in fantasy basketball. We'll talk some waiver wire. Uh, already got a couple good questions in the chat. As always, throw those in there. Second half of the pod, we'll take as many live viewer questions as we can. Uh, I, I want ham, Alex. Ham, sickle mode, whatever you want to call it, on the waiver wire this weekend, particularly in the stake league. I, I basically swapped out my entire bench. Uh, we have a, a decent amount of teams on four game weeks, uh, so it made it a little bit easier, I, I think, to to pick and choose and uh, kind of decide, you know, which of these lower level players are, are worth a shot. But I ended up. I ended up getting Harrison Barnes, who, you know, I, I know what I'm walking into here. Uh, I'm, I'm buying at the absolute peak on Harrison Barnes. I, I think I only paid like four or five bucks. I thought it might take a little more to get him based on how good he's been for the last week. Uh, but Harrison Barnes does this once or twice a year, right, where he'll go like 15 games in a row without scoring more than 12 points. And then he'll remind you for a brief period why he was the number one overall player in his high school class. Yeah, very bizarre season uh, for Barnes, who, you know, like had a pretty pretty nice stretch like when he started with Sacramento. This is technically his worst season probably since like his last year with Golden State. But like you said, um he's really turned hip, turned up his scoring lately. Kevin Herter has turned up his scoring mm-hmm. uh lately. So, yeah, I think I think the Kings are probably looking for something a little bit different because I think they realize if if they yeah. continued playing the same way, featuring the same guys the same ways that they were going to probably continue to be very middling. Um, but they're, you know, they're turning a little bit of a corner here, uh, at least with some role players playing better. Yeah. I mean, Kings are on a four game week. So that was part of the thinking with Barnes. And again, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, temper my expectations here. Like if he, if he just has one 20 point game in the next four, I, I feel like my, my ROI is going to be decent there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I ended up bait with a couple of guys who just, you know, weren't major contributors. I picked up Cody Martin, as we talked about on the pod a couple of weeks ago, Immediately got hurt. You know, even when he's played, he's just been pretty low level. You know, he's had some decent blocks and steals games, but those are pretty hit or miss. So didn't think twice really about dropping him. Dropped Alon Wright, who I always like as a, a steal specialist, but he was basically playing like eight to 12 minutes. You know, you just can't really do a whole lot with that. Um, in addition to Barnes, I, I got purchased with Chua. Uh, I'm trying to like blocks and rebounds are two categories I'm trying to move up in in this league. So was pretty happy to, to end up landing a Chua, paid a couple of bucks for him. Um, went out and got Jared Vanderbilt from the Lakers as well, who's, who's played really well of late, playing more minutes. Defensive stats have been off the charts. I don't even think I'm going to end up starting Vanderbilt, but um, feeling a little bit better about my depth in that league. Did you did you have any thoughts on any of those guys or, or any big additions you made? Um, no, I think those are all solid guys to add in a 16-team league um, who may have decent like rest-of-season value. Like Cody Martin is is kind of interesting to me. I don't know what they're going to do with him at the deadline. I kind of part of me worries about him because he's he's 28 and maybe right. they would ship him off. Um, and you know he's been injury prone lately, so are they going to shut him down? Mm-hmm. But there's another part of me that's like, what if it just up just ends up being 35 minutes of Cody Martin? Um, right. after some other guys are traded away and he ends up you know returning like top 100 value, uh, from basically here on out or after the trade deadline. 
if he returns top 100 value, that's on me. Um, I guess that's a risk. That's a risk I'm willing to take when it comes to Cody Martin. Um, you know, and and on the Achua front, I, I think he was the guy I was most excited to get. Obviously, he's played well lately, and you know, part of that is Isaiah Hardstein has missed some time. Um, you know, he was he was back on Saturday against Miami. Played only 16 minutes. Kind of hard to to gauge. You know, after missing two games with an Achilles injury, which could be something that nags you a little bit. Um, but then we got, you know, the Julius Randle shoulder dislocation. And we finally got a timetable today. Um, I, I think we'd probably just see him after the All-Star break. I think that would make the most sense. Um, so it should have a, a nice little run here where Achua, you know, even if he's coming off the bench, you know, behind Isaiah Hartenstein, just looking for rebounds, looking for some blocks. And, and he's, you know, a pretty high volume per minute guy in both of those numbers. Vanderbilt has been going nuts. I mean, I kind of wrote him off earlier in the season. I've, I've always thought he's been a little overrated. You know, like when the, when the Lakers first got him, you know, there's like, oh man, just he's this perfect defensive Swiss army knife. And I just never really got it. You know, and it, even in like in the playoffs last year, when they were rolling, he was only playing like 20 minutes a game. Like it just didn't really seem like they trusted him all that much. Playing time's been up a little bit lately, you know, double digit scoring in three straight rebounds have been there. He has 10 steals over his last three games. So uh, again, like, like most waiver wire guys in a 16 team league, you're kind of buying high and, and not necessarily expecting that to continue. But, um, you know, if I'm targeting rebounds and defensive stats, I just wanted another option there. Yeah. On the Achua front, I'm, I'm curious to see how Tibbs handles the Randall injury. I think it'll just be more like Grimes and Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo. I'm kind of worried yeah. Achua is going to get stuck, but Again, you're talking about a 16-team league. I think you need to take the chance that Achua sees like five to ten more minutes a game. Uh, and then for Vanderbilt, yeah, it's like he's one of those guys who can run hot. And um, yeah, the Lakers are still kind of searching for answers, right? So I think he can be part of that because he can play sort of the three through the five, small ball five in certain lineups. He's pretty versatile in that way. Yeah, um, Still not a great three-point shooter or anything, but um, a decent pickup for for the size league you're talking about. Yeah, again, this is our 16-team staff insider league. Very competitive. You know, everybody knows what they're doing. You, you don't really steal a lot of bargains in this league. Um, you know, I, I accounted for like a third of the transactions this week, which is usually not a good thing. You know, that, that, doesn't, <laughs> that usually doesn't mean you're like lapping the field. Um, but some other notables, uh, our guy Ken Kreitz, who you hosted on Friday, he dropped Brandon Pajemski, picked up Larry Nance. Uh, James ended up picking up Obi Toppin. Uh, George's Niang was added. Jonte Porter was dropped. I thought... One pretty interesting one, uh, Shannon, who's, who's doing well in this league, dropped Mason Plumley. Um, you know, Plumley had a 12 and 12 double double over the weekend, but he dropped him and, and picked up Ahmed Thompson from Houston. Yeah, Plumley's been a little underwhelmed. Like he'll have like a zero, two, and two yes, game. Exactly. Like have a it's it's just really hard to like predict what's going to happen. And I don't know Shannon's team inside and out. He might not need the rebounds, but Ahmed Thompson, he has seen what is this double digit minutes in eight straight games. Mm-hmm. averaging nine, six, and three with basically two and a half stocks, uh, which is which is fantastic. He's at 1.1 fantasy points per minute on the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I Houston, you know, we're, Houston started the season so hot, and they are now down to 21 and 24. Mm-hmm. And some of that's like they've been missing Tari Eason. Dylan Brooks missed a decent amount of time. Um, they haven't been especially healthy lately, but I think – Thompson has sort of forced his way into the rotation at least until Eason comes back. But I really am getting worried about this Eason injury because it's, it's really nondescript, like lower left leg injury management. And he's just been out for like a month. 
Uh, yeah, when it transitions from like a day-to-day injury to injury management, that's that's usually not a great sign. Uh, he's already been ruled out for tonight's game, has not played since New Year's Day. So I, I think this could be one of those things where even if he's back in a week or two, you know, maybe he hasn't lost a spot in the rotation, but he kind of lost the momentum that he had picked up in December and early January. And it might be hard to to kind of grab that back because when he was playing well, Ahmed Thompson was either still out or just working his way back from that early season injury. So it kind of might be an either or situation. Uh, you know, speaking of the Rockets in my NFBKC, I went out, finally dropped Marcus Smart. I think it's time. Um, yeah. you know, we, we, we talked about the risk reward there. I just don't think the reward is all that high. I think it's in the realm of possibility that he just like barely plays and maybe not even again this season, depending on where the Grizzlies are. Although yeah, they've been pretty respectable, you know, since all these injuries hit, I mean, they're still 13th in the Western conference, but they, they haven't been this, this complete, uh, disaster like we thought they might be. Uh, but I, I grabbed Cam Whitmore uh, in place of Marcus Smart, added Kevin Herter in that league as well. And um, I, I think everything we just said about Easton and Ahmed Thompson kind of applies to Whitmore too. It does. Um, another guy who is exactly at 1.1 fantasy points per minute. We know he's a scorer. He's a top, what would you say? Like he's probably a top 10 talent in the draft that slipped because oh, yeah. of like injury concerns. So, you know, we know that that possibility is there. Spent some early time in the G League. Um, yeah, and it's, ridiculous it's, numbers at the G League, by the way. Like, this, yeah, this guy is not afraid to shoot the ball, of course. Um, and it, it is another situation where it's like Jalen Green's minutes, like, there'll be nights where Jalen Green will play 39 minutes, and you'll play 27 minutes. Um, and you know, uh, there have been moments where uh, Jabari Smith's minutes have been up and down. Like, I think Ime Doka searching for answers again, and Whitmore's ability to just put up points. Um, like I, if it's between Jalen Green and Cam Whitmore, they're both producing so little in anything other than scoring that it's like you right. might as well just play the one that's hot. Um, if you're if you're Udoka, mm-hmm. yeah, four game week coming up uh, for the Houston Rockets. I mean the the vast majority of the NBA has four games this week. I think twenty two teams are on a four game week, and then we have eight teams yeah. on a three game week. No two gamers, uh, so that's a good thing. But Atlanta, Brooklyn, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, Golden State, New Orleans, and Toronto uh, are the three-game week teams. So, um, yeah, one of those weeks where you know not not ideal to you know have Luca carrying your team. Although you know, given what he's doing, doesn't even matter. Obviously, you're still starting him in a three-game week. Um, but yeah, schedule-wise, um, you know, not something that you really had to factor in all that much, unless you're really working the margins. Did you did you do anything notable in your NFBKC or, or any other big-time leagues? I didn't. Um, I have decent benches in those in in most of my leagues and keeper league. I'm I pulled the plug, uh, oh, sold no. off Yusuf Nurkic, uh, looking to move off. I you know Ananobi has been kind of hit or miss for me in terms of if I want to keep him or not. Feeling some offers for him, but in my in my NFBKC league, um, we had a fifty one dollar bid for for Josh Hart. Again, this is out of a thousand. Uh, someone added Vanderbilt. Someone added Whitmore, Nemhard. Uh, Fultz got picked up. Wiggins got picked up. Um, as did Harrison Barnes for six dollars. So, um, yeah, pretty active. A lot of the guys we we touched on already. I think they're getting picked up in a lot of leagues. Uh, of note, somebody grabbed Desmond Bain in my NFBKC. I think we noted on the pod last week that he was dropped a week ago. Um, I thought about it. You know, I mean, he was out there. Somebody somebody got him for two bucks. You know, it's not like he had, it's a thousand dollar budget. It's not like he had to you know spend four hundred dollars for it. So I think. For that price, if you were like, I have so many injuries on my team that I couldn't really afford to do that. And you don't have an IR slot in NFBKC. So that was really the, the deciding factor for me. But 
Um, if you have a healthy team and you know you're willing to kind of wait this out with the All Star break coming up, I I don't really have a problem. And you know, again, if you're in a league with one or two IR slots, then I, I think Bain is a high enough upside player to me relative to someone like Marcus Smart that I'm if I could afford it, I'm, I'm more than happy to to hold on to him and just kind of hope that you get even 15 games later in the year. Yeah, he should be picked up if again if you have the spot for it. There's no reason not to if you're not going to do anything with that bench spot anyway. Um, I guess the best case scenario, he comes back like the last week of February, right after the yeah. all-star break. Um, yeah. It, if you can, if you got the spot, grab him. Uh, did you think about adding John Conchar anywhere? <laughs> uh, he was, he was not picked up in the stake league. He was on my list. Um, you know, it was kind of lower in my, in my waterfall. So I, I ended up not getting him by virtue of, of picking up some of the other guys that I mentioned earlier, but uh, you know, he started now six games in a row. The scoring has been very underwhelming. Uh, you know, the rebound, he's kind of been all over the place. He he had an 11-point, 10-rebound double-double last week, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, then, of course, one rebound in 26 minutes the next night. So that's not necessarily sustainable. But, um, you know, kind of blocking a ton of shots out of nowhere. And he's always yeah. been somebody who's, who's snuck in a few blocks here or there. Uh, but he had a five-block game against Toronto early last week. Uh, he's had multiple blocks now in, in four of his last five games. I was a little bit surprised that, uh, that, that, oh, no, somebody did grab him. Never mind. Ryan Pohl, who's actually leading the league, got John Conchar. And this is why I didn't get him. Uh, he paid nine bucks out of a hundred dollar budget. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, yeah, Ryan is a, a dedicated listener to the Friday podcast, and I suggested John Conchar last week uh, off the <laughs> way. start giving him bad advice, man. I know. I, get, yeah, I got really got to start. Uh, yes. I, I don't even know what the term is for the Yes. Give him bad advice. I, so yeah, I mean, I think Conchar is a decent ad. I didn't have anybody. I really wanted to drop for him. I would have thought about Horford. I would have thought about DSJ, but I, it's, that's pretty borderline to me, but yeah, I think he should be picked up in, in 16 team leagues. I think the blocks are probably too hot. Like I don't think the blocks are going to continue like the way they are, but he's just kind of been like a guy who, I made this joke about Tillman at one point where it was probably more accurate for someone like Conchar where it's like points, rebounds, and assists. You just like grab three dice and you shake them and you roll them. And that's the number he has in each category. It's just like any given, he could have, you know, two points, seven rebounds, one assist. And then he'll be nine assists, nine rebounds, one point, you know, Um, he's one of those guys. Uh, Sticking with the Grizzlies, you know, Gigi Jackson played well yesterday. I'm still... Skeptical of him fantasy wise, you know, it's been very boomer bust. The minutes have kind of been up and down, but uh, looked pretty good yesterday against Indiana. 18 points, uh, one steal, one block, four rebounds, hit a couple of threes, six of nine from the field, 29 minutes for him off the bench. Uh, and Vince Williams, you know, who we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks. I, I think we identified him as, as the guy, you know, if you're trying to go all in for, for one Grizzly, and obviously you've missed your window at this point, but, uh, you know, post Marcus Smart injury, post Desmond Bain injury. I think he's the guy that not only looks like he's going to be, you know, somebody who's, I wouldn't say a potential league winner, but you're going to go down as one of the bigger waiver wire ads of the year, but also somebody who now becomes pretty interesting as a a future piece for them because they've, they've tried out a few of these wings, you know, Roddy's been playing well uh, of late as well, you know, been in the starting lineup, playing some more minutes, Um, you know, Zaire Williams, I I don't know what's going on with him, Uh, you know, lottery pick not that long ago, kind of a weird pick at the time looked okay as a rookie and then it's just kind of fallen off the map these last couple of years. Um, you know, and then Jake Laravia has been been injured and has never been much of a fantasy guy, but Williams 20 points, eight boards and an assist uh, eight of 12 from the field played 36 minutes. That was a team high yesterday. And uh, you know, really since all these injuries set in, he's averaging 17 and a half points, seven rebounds, three and a half assists, 1.4 steals, 0.8 blocks and shooting 54% from the field. Yeah, I wasn't 100% convinced on Williams, but he's he's definitely proven me wrong. The Grizzlies ended up giving him a three-year, $6.6 million contract um, in January. Talk about a, talk about a steal, uh, it looks like, at this rate. But he was mid-second round pick. Um, yeah, and you, you mentioned, so, I mean, so many of these other guys that got drafted by Memphis just have not really worked out. Like, you know, LaRavia barely gets any time, and Roddy, they, I mean, they waived... Uh, 
I can't remember his name now. Uh, Lofton. They just waved. Ah, they just waved Lofton. Yeah. Um, so it's nice that they got Vince Williams in there. I think he he will be a nice future piece for them. And you mentioned Gigi Jackson too. Like, I don't know what to believe with Gigi Jackson. Like, he's going to give up shots, mm-hmm. but his efficiency is like he's shooting, you know, 52, 50, 72 right now after shooting terribly in college, um, which could regress. And then if that regresses, he's on a two-way deal. They could just send him to the G League once everyone is healthy, if anyone ever gets healthy for Memphis. I think he's a fine pickup in like 16 team leagues. Like we're talking about deep stuff, but if you're in like a 12 teamer, it's just, I, I don't think I would even bother with, with GG Jackson, to be honest. No, not in a 12 team league. I just, I don't, I, I think most of his, his work has come on the scoring side of things, you know, and I don't think he's providing a whole lot else to the point where it's been consistent enough that I would add him in like a 14 uh, or a 16 team league. So uh, no, I would, uh, I would not be really adding him in, in deeper formats right now. Um, all right, let's hit a couple of questions. Uh, hopefully those will continue to roll in. Keep throwing them in there, guys. Um, I, I think, so this question from Mustaz, I think this is in reference to the thumbnail from the video. Um, that It is an Isaiah Hardenstein photo. We, we did not set that. Uh, we're not telling you to drop Hardenstein. Um, just to be very clear, uh, I, I would not be dropping him right now. Obviously, he missed a, a couple of games, was back yesterday, or was back over the weekend, excuse me, and um, you know played limited minutes, but... Um, you know, I think we should probably clear that up just so there's no confusion there. Uh, you know, the, the Hardenstein versus Achua split is going to be something to monitor, I think, in the short term. You know, if they do bring Hardenstein along a little bit more slowly with this Achilles issue, and obviously, you know, Julius Randle out, that's, what, 36, 37 minutes that are just out of the rotation at this point. Um, so I, I do think, you know, we, we could see some Hardenstein and Achua maybe not playing together, but I, I think there's enough minutes to go around there. Yes, I think... Um... I would, yeah, I would not drop Artenstein. Well, I also want to clear that up. Uh, I think the the concern, if you have any, is that he was dealing with an Achilles injury, which can be bothersome and will uh, can flare up, and it's obviously a concern because any Achilles concern is a, is a major concern. We've seen like guys like Capella, you know, like deal with an Achilles on and off for like three years, but you know, he saw Artenstein saw sixteen minutes his first game back. I think he'll work his way up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember if that was exactly what you asked me. It was more of a, a point of clarification because a couple of people okay. asked uh, about Hartenstein, and again, that was I think in reference to the to the thumbnail for the video. Um, Trey Murphy or Malcolm Brogdon? If we're talking rest of season value in a nine cat league, um, interesting question. Obviously, very different players, very different situations. Uh, both have been you know a little bit banged up lately. Brogdon, when he's been out there, continues to play well. You know, obviously, there's some concern about. Does he get traded? If he doesn't get traded, he's you know one of the most like obvious shutdown candidates of all time. Uh, Murphy, meanwhile, did not play uh, on Saturday uh, against the Bucks. Um, you know, started the previous game against OKC. Uh, you know, right now it's a little bit difficult to to get a full read on Trey Murphy. I'm I'm usually pretty pro when, when it comes to him. Obviously, he is he is very three point dependent, Alex, and the three point shooting has not been good lately. He's just He's been in a slump, you know, his last six games, he's shooting 26% from three on high volume. So not only is that a disappointment in that category, but of course it's tanking his field goal percentage as well. Yeah. Murphy, you know, last year what with Ingram and Zion playing less than 82 combined games, he saw 31 minutes and was the 83rd player in eight cat. So it's, it's going to be pretty hard for Murphy to be like a, to reach top 80 again 
if Ingram and Zion are going to be healthy and he's not seeing 30 plus minutes a game, like he can develop and he can get better, but he's also, I think still dealing with that probably, you know, uh, still a little bit hampered by, I think it was a meniscus tear to start the season. Um, I do think Murphy's probably safer long-term. Like if you are, if you are near the top of your league, I would, I would rather hang on to Murphy, but if you are, trying to creep up the standings. Like if you're in the middle of the pack or low in the standings and you just need production, like right now, um, I would, I would grant Brogdon. So I think it, I think it depends on where you are. Yeah. There's a difference to me between like, who would you rather have for the next month versus rest of season? Um, yeah. And maybe it's more of like, when does your season end? Uh, yeah. True. How flexible are, are, are your leagues in terms of midweek moves? If something were to happen, uh, like there's no doubt to me that if, if you could guarantee me that both situations remain the same for the rest of the season, Brogdon is is the better player I, I, for yeah. fantasy. I, I think that's that that to me is a is kind of a lock. Um, also an elite free throw shooter, you know, which is he's been on fire at the line of late. Um, so if you look at it that way, I, I think I would lean Brogdon. But again, there's there's certainly some risk here with any any player over like 25 years old on the Blazers. Um, you know, as that season uh, you know wears on, but those guys could be in the mix for a trade or a shutdown. Um, Johnny says, what's up, fellas? Pink waving emoji. Um, I've not seen that emoji, but what's up, man? Give you a wave back. Appreciate you listening along. Um, good question on Jaden Ivey. Is he a drop in nine category leagues for Josh Hart? And as you mentioned earlier, Alex, I think Josh Hart could, could be the single biggest beneficiary over these next few weeks with the dislocated shoulder for Julius Randle. He could, um, Hart, yeah, played 32 minutes in this Miami game, uh, this this most recent game that um I think that was when Randall suffered the injury, right? The yeah. game against Miami. Um 14, 9, and 5. We've seen uh Hart top out at uh, in two years ago, three years ago, depending on how you want to say it, 21, 22, where he played for the Pelicans to start the year and then got moved to Portland. He ranked 67th and eight cat. He was playing 33 minutes a game. Um, now in Portland, he saw a ridiculous usage that he will never see again. I bet. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think, I think Hart can be a top 100 player for the duration that Randall is out. So obviously you're weighing down against Ivy who has played really well lately, but Cade is basically coming back healthy now. Um, I would, I would like to think that Monty Williams will continue to play Jig and Ivy, um, you know, upwards of 30 minutes, but I don't have a lot of faith in that. And um, I don't know. I, you know, Ivy's over the past 15 games, Ivy has averaged 17, basically 17, four and a half and four and a half. I don't think Hart can get quite there, but if they scale Ivy's numbers back, like if they scale his minutes back by like five, it, I think the numbers are actually going to be pretty close. Um I think it's actually less risk with heart at this point. It's going to be sort of my final answer. There's less risk adding heart mm -hmm. compared to keeping Ivy with Cade Cunningham coming back. <sighs> yeah. And you know, Cade, they said he was good to go yesterday. Obviously didn't need him. One of the weirdest results of the year, Detroit just like handily beating the thunder all afternoon. <laughs> right. um, it was a late scratch. You, know, you, you would think he'll have a, a pretty good chance to, to get back out there. Uh, I believe they don't, they don't play until Wednesday at Cleveland. So if he's not out there, that's maybe a little bit more alarming. Um, and then they play Friday and Sunday. So it is a three game week for Detroit. Um, if you're, you know, if you're looking as, if you're looking at this as like a last roster spot streamer, you know, maybe in that situation, you, you lean Josh Hart because of the, uh, the schedule advantage, but, um, 
at the same time, I mean, it, the problem with Detroit is like, we just, we have no idea what Monty Williams is going to do, right? Like there's, there are numbers you can look at that say Jay Nivey's usage rate drops by seven percentage points when he's out there with Kate Cunningham. But then you're like, there was also, you know, really weird stuff going on early in the season when, you know, Cade was playing 40 minutes and they're bringing Ivy off the bench. He's playing 16 minutes. So it, it, it's hard to kind of factor in the, 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 the rise in consistency and, and really the way that Ivy's played better with Cade Cunningham out of the lineup. Like, did, is there more trust in him now than there was earlier in the season? My guess is yes. Um, and, you know, Josh Hart has, has been pretty up and down and, and mostly underwhelming this season. Um, obviously, you'd, you'd kind of like the benefit of, of seeing a couple games of, of what that looks like. But I hate to say it. I, I mean, in a nine cat league, I, I I feel better about Hart, you know, because of the turnovers for Ivy. But, you know, I, I, I trust that Detroit will at least be be throwing Ivy out there for 26 to 30 minutes, even if that means he's, he's going back to the bench with Kate coming back. So I would I would lean slightly toward Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, across the whole season, Ivy sees five fewer minutes with Cade available and yeah. sees averages 13 fewer fantasy points with Cade available. But mm-hmm. again, like you said, does he have trust now? Has he earned the trust of, of Monty Williams? Um, and again, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wish I had more definitive answer. It's just, yeah, I think it's going to be close. It's going to be close. All right, good question here from Matt. And, you know, we, we should have led the show with this. Uh, ben Simmons, available to play tonight. Oh God. Uh, yeah, kind of, I wouldn't say totally out of nowhere, but somewhat out of nowhere. He was practicing in the G League for a little bit, was recalled uh, over the weekend. And then we got that that note yesterday afternoon that he's listed as probable and is now off the injury report entirely uh, for, to, for tonight's game against the Utah Jazz. Um, it is a three-game week for the Nets. Matt's question you know, would indicate that he, he's probably in a daily lineup league. Uh, so maybe not quite as concerned about that. But Matt says, should we sit guys like Evan Mobley and Ben Simmons tonight with them expected to be on minutes restrictions, 12 games today. So he has other options. I would say yes. I mean, Simmons, I just, I don't trust this. I, I, I think it's far more likely that two weeks from now he's back on the injury report. Um, and, you know, you're, you're just, we're just kind of on this continuous wheel of, of him being in and out. Um, Mobley, yeah, I mean, Bickerstaff basically came out and said, yeah, he's going to play in the low 20s. Sometimes coaches will will stretch that a little bit. But I think if you're looking at it just for tonight with 12 games, I wouldn't start either of those guys. Yes. I For Simmons, you're 100% right. I need, I need to see 20 minutes in the box score before I even think about putting Simmons in a starting lineup. I need to see it mm-hmm. first. Mobley, yeah. I mean, if you have if there, so many games tonight, you're clearly in a daily moves league. I would just look elsewhere. To be honest, I mean, may, maybe Mobley puts up similar numbers to some guy playing 35 minutes off your bench, but I I won't even risk it. Uh, Johnny says, what do you guys think about picking up Jacob Toppin if he gets called up from the G League with the Randall injury? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like go grab him now prematurely. I mean, if you're in a really deep league or like a you know a dynasty league, maybe, you know, a league where you have you know some slots like our, our Rotowire Dynasty League, you know, you got these like basically developmental spots where you could kind of you know, pick and trade players like Toppin, but I mean, he's still in the G League. It, it's Tibbs. He doesn't really have a track record of, you know, somebody who's completely unproven at the NBA level being called up and, you know, one, being in the rotation, two, playing enough minutes where it would matter. So I, I wouldn't pick him up. Maybe we'll look foolish in two weeks when Jacob Toppin is going crazy, but no, I, I don't think it's worth it. I wouldn't do it. Tibbs loves his guys. He loves guys with NBA yeah. experience. The Knicks have, are, they have enough depth. Um, to make up for with guys yeah. already on the roster. 
Tibbs Tib is allergic to the G League. I, I don't I don't think yes. he even knows that the Knicks have a G League team. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Eric says, would you find it crazy to drop Karis Levert in a 14-team, nine-category league? He says he's punting threes, and Levert's percentages are a roller coaster at times. Yes, they are. Thanks to both of you. Thanks for the question, Eric. Thanks for listening and, and watching along. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a pretty good description of Karis Levert. Roller coaster, right? <laughs> um, one of the few players in the league that's capable. I mean, it's kind of Harrison Barnes like, honestly, in some ways, maybe a little higher scoring ceiling night to night, but he'll go through those weeks where you're just like, why, why did I think it was a good idea to start him? And then there'll be other weeks where he'll average 25 a game for four or five games straight. Uh, spend a little bit down lately, missed a couple of games early last week, came back pretty uninspiring. Um, you know, in, in their last two games against Milwaukee. I, I don't think it's crazy to drop him in a 14 team league. No, I don't I don't think it's insane. As always, depends who's out there, but I don't I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think I would do it until I would maybe want to wait until Garland comes back and then and then do something there. I mean, yeah, Levert's a solid three point shooter. He's giving you, you know, two over his past 15 games. Um he will get picked up 100 percent He will get picked up. I would probably hesitate until Garland comes back. It's hard for me to endorse that. But if you got again, if you if you don't need the threes at all and you're leaning into other categories, I think there are guys on the waiver wire that probably can give you for what your team is targeting, like just as good, if not better, production for your specific setting. Good trade question here from our guy Rodney. He says he traded DeJounte Murray and D'Angelo Russell for Michael Porter Jr. and Stephen Curry. 12-team points league, who won the deal? Um, I don't hate, you know, capitalizing on this hot stretch from D'Lo. Well, I, this entirely hinges on D'Lo. Yeah. If D'Lo if gets traded and stops doing this, this being like, you know, 28-6 uh, and six over his past eight games, which, you know, would probably go down to 22-6 and six if he's shot normally. Um, you're going to win if D'Lo gets traded and and comes off the bench or, or sees lower usage. You're going to lose if D'Lo, for some reason, doesn't get triggered and keeps doing this or gets triggered to a team where he's playing 35 minutes a game and has the sort of leash, which I, it seems like he's going to get traded. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not the biggest Michael Porter guy for fantasy. Um, you know, just it's kind of started to feel like he's not going to reach the heights that, that we thought he might a few years ago. And, it, and he stayed healthy. You know, that's the thing. It's like, that was always the thing with him. It's like, man, if he could stay healthy, he'll be a superstar. And it just doesn't really feel like he's followed that trajectory. This is a really interesting one because normally I would say you got Steph Curry. It's a home run. <laughs> but ironically, like Russell's been a better fantasy player than Curry over the last two weeks. Very small stretch. And, and you know, it's been a, a bit of a down month overall for Steph Curry by his standards. I don't I don't really know if there's a, a clear winner right now because, like you said, it, it hinges entirely on D'Lo. And obviously DeJounte Murray could very well be traded too. Um, but you're, you're – you're eliminating some risk here, right? Like Michael Porter's not going anywhere. You know exactly what you're getting the rest of the way. And you got the best player and the most consistent player in the deal in Stephen Curry. So I, 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 I don't think we're going to look back at the end of the year and say, man, Curry just had a, a terrible last 60 games. You know, like I, I think he's going to snap out of this and I think he'll you know probably return borderline top 10 value, top 15 value at worst the rest of the way. And, and you'll be okay with that one. Um, another question on Ivy. You've talked about him a little bit ago. Uh, Ant says, hey, fellas, is Ivy a hold? He's thinking about dropping him for Precious or Conchar. Uh, appreciate the advice. Yeah, we've hit on all these guys so far. You know, I, you know, I, I picked up Achua, but I wasn't dropping anybody on the level of Ivy. And I'm trying to think, you know, would I have done the same thing? Would I have dropped Ivy for Achua? 
I don't think I necessarily would have. Um, I think all three of these guys are very rosterable. Achua to me, I'm, 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 you know, pinning my stake league hopes basically on Precious Achua. So I'm, I'm obviously optimistic about what he, what he can do. You know, on, on the Conchar front, I, I think I'd still lean Ivy there. You know, Conchar's value over the last three weeks has been so, so heavily dependent on those defensive stats, which as you mentioned earlier, can you depend on, on someone like John Conchar blocking two and a half shots a game? I, I don't know. Conchar is listed at six, five, not six, eight, not six, nine, he's six, five. So the block numbers, uh, seem a little inflated. I I'm a hundred percent with Nick, uh, for those two guys specifically precious and, and Conchar, I would just hold Ivy and see what happens. They're not so, they're not such a sure thing that I would risk the, the, the chance that now Monty Williams trusts Ivy mm-hmm. or that Cade can't keep, stay healthy or something like that. Uh, good follow-up here from our guy, Matt. Did you know Precious Achua's siblings' names are God's gift, God's will, peace, grace, and promise? That makes sense. I definitely I definitely knew about God's gift because I, I think he yeah. played at St. John's back in the day. I remember that was like, he's older than Precious. So like that was my introduction to the Achua uh, family and this uh, this lineage of fantastic names. But man, God's gift and God's will. Could you could you see yourself as like a, a God's will Barutha? <laughs> um. No, I was alternatively, I may have been named Eric. Um, oh, really? God's God's gift was not, I don't think, on the table for me. That's real though. You 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 were almost an Eric. It was between Alex and Eric. Yeah, really. I I was always told it was Nick or or Jackson, which I I don't mind the name Jackson. Eric's Eric's a solid name too. It's like yeah. I, I one of my buddies from from back home was named his name is Mike. You know, solid name. He said the other option for him was Heath. He's like my my life would be so much different if I was named Heath. <laughs> be, be like really. Really into like snowmobiling and four wheelers. Like I, I feel like yes. you just, yeah, it, that, a name like that sets you on a different path. Um, Johnny says, "Is Paul Reed worth a pickup for today with Joel Embiid out?" Probably. I mean, there are twelve yeah. games, so if you're playing the the single day streamer, you, you should have some options. Like, you know, he's coming off of that big game against Denver. That was by far his best performance in any fill in game for Embiid this season, and we have a decent sample. We got nine of them. Um, even including that that big game, he's he's only averaging 12.5 points, seven rebounds, two assists, 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks, but pretty good, pretty well rounded. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I would add him. You know, I, it depends on on your league size and who's out there. But if you're just doing the the one game and bead fill in, um, based on what you saw against Denver, you, there's a good chance you might be kicking yourself if you don't. And they have a pretty good matchup against Portland, which you know, without Embiid, that that becomes maybe a more competitive game. And, and we see Paul Reed you know, play into the, into the thirties for minutes. Yeah. I echo everything you said. He's averaging over a fantasy point per minute while a starter Portland sucks. Yeah. Uh, stream in Paul Reed, if you can, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say too, I mean, you might want to, if, if you're really on the fence, Maxi's questionable. Tobias Harris is a game time call. It's like, if those guys don't play, then you absolutely get them in there. It's like part yeah. of the, part of the reason we saw these weird stat lines for the Sixers against Denver. It's like, it wasn't just that beat out. Those guys were both out. You know, Patrick Beverly went crazy. De'Anthony Melton's still out. Um, so, yeah, straight answer is yes, but especially if if at least two of those three are out. Um, Chris Chris Michael, excuse me. Chris Michael says, Alex Nick, what are your thoughts about Cam Johnson and Shaden Sharp for 12 cat? Is it safe to move on from them or stash? Um, I don't know. Maybe that's 12 team. Could be 12 cat. Um, you know, I, I think – Typically, when we get these twelve cat or you know anything above ten, it's you know double doubles, triple doubles, so probably doesn't really impact a whole lot here. 
Uh, we, we, we talked last week, Alex, about Shaden Sharp and potentially stashing him. Like, I don't think he's a shutdown risk. We saw him go crazy no. at the end of last season. You know, Portland, as bad as they've been, you know, they kind of have more options now than they did late last year when they shut everybody down. Um, so I, if you got the room to stash Shaden Sharp, I would certainly think about it. Uh, Cam Johnson, to me, is a, the more interesting one just, just because he's been disappointing, right? Like, you didn't think we'd be getting questions midseason about, like, should I, are we stashing this guy? Should I even have him on my roster? Yeah, he's, he's just been kind of underwhelming. Uh, like, his shooting, you know, people are freaking out about his three-point shooting. If you take a 14-game sample, he's 40% from three. He's averaging, you know, he's, he's making two and a half a game. Uh, but the rest of his stat profile is really weak. Like, he's not yeah. doing anything. He's basically just turned into, like, a three-point shooter um, for them. And maybe he still can reach, like, the 89, you know, per-game value that he did last year. But I kind of doubt it. I'm fine dropping him on a 12-teamer. I think somebody will probably pick him up because mm -hmm. if you're in the mindset of, like, is he streamable on a four-game week? Of course, he is very streamable on a four-game week. That's, like, the argument to keep him on your roster. Um, on the other hand, if you're low in the standings, you just need a jolt every single week, right? And Johnson is not going to give that to you. You may as well just, like, chase other streamers. Mm -hmm. And for Sharp, you mentioned it. Like, I think he's a bit – he is – Sharp is – extremely overrated as a fantasy player when everybody is available. He's almost like just a points guy um, when everybody's available. But on the risk that other guys on Portland get moved or shut down or whatever, and he starts handling the ball again, then yeah, he's, you know, I would, I, I think it's fine to hang on to him for that, for that chance. Should I keep Luke Kennard? Good question. Uh, Kennard already has been ruled out for, tonight's game grizzlies are home for the sacramento kings they play thursday friday in a back-to-back -back, and then sunday at boston so it is a four-game week uh they have a three-game week next week and then pretty much everybody's on a short week they have three games before the all-star break i don't know man i'm, I'm a little worried about this knee because it's, it's the same one that cost them all that time earlier in the season they're just calling it soreness i think it was a bone bruise earlier in the year so it's you know tough to say if that's truly related but, it, I mean, if he's out there, he's, he's been giving you like three, three and a half threes a game uh, with all these Grizzlies injuries. I, you know, I, again, after this week, like he's, he doesn't have another four-game week until like March. So if you're in a daily league, that's not as big of an issue. If you're in a weekly league, I would say you, you probably don't really want to wait it out because you might be a borderline starter anyway, depending on your league size. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to hang on to him just because he's been very he's been very good as a starter. Like he's given you assists and threes. He's played really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's not he's he's not really a young guy for them. He's he's twenty seven. They're not they're not like giving Canard developmental minutes. They're giving him minutes because they have to play a guy and he's there. It's possible. I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded actually because. He's on technically an expiring deal. His contract, his contract for next year is a is a team option at fourteen million. So it's possible they've showcased him enough, and they might play it really safe with him, and then try to trade him to like a contender that needs a three point shooting. Mm -hmm. um, again, I I don't hate the idea of dropping him, but if you have the spot available, I would I would prefer to hang on. It's it's just mm -hmm. it's it's such a tough call. It's a great question. The Admiral, Admiral Nida says, who's the better stash for the trade deadline? Ben Simmons, Keontae George, or Amen Thompson? Not Ben Simmons for me. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna rank him third. I'm out. 
That's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they they the Nets could certainly pull pull a plug if there is any plug to even pull with how bad they are. Um, but I I don't trust Simmons to stay healthy. Um, I don't know what the Jazz are up to. To be honest with you, they're they're twenty four and twenty three. Looks like they might hit the play in, but they you know again they might they might prioritize next year. Um, but uh, Sexton's also playing so well. I don't know if they trade Sexton and then Amen Thompson. Mm-hmm. I don't think Houston like actually pulls the plug. I think they're going to just hang on. Cause I think, I mean, they've, they, they've committed so much to Fred Van Vliet and like being good in the immediate future. Um, I don't know. I, uh, better, better stash. I mean, I think upside wise, <laughs> Ben Simmons probably has the most upside. If you're just talking like fantasy points per minute, like if, if they, if each of these guys got 35 minutes, but then it might go to Thompson and then probably George. We know about George's percentages. Yeah, I, I've just never not been a huge Keontae George guy for fantasy specifically. Um, and, you know, it's, if you're in a, a nine-category league, you know, the turnovers have actually been a little bit better lately. He was turning it over a ton uh, early in the season, and he hasn't had as many of those disaster games of late. But I, I also, you know, I don't – he was playing 30-plus minutes for a good stretch earlier in the year, so, like, even if Utah, you know, which has played well lately, they're sitting in tenth right now. Um, I don't, you know, I guess they could technically ship out, you know, Jordan Clarkson, somebody like that, and maybe that opens up a little more time for Keontae George. But we've kind of seen, you know, what he is even when he's playing 30, 35 minutes a night, and you're still getting the same variability. You're still getting the same, you know, kind of nothing type of games or two of eleven type of performances. So I, I you know, I, I think for me, Ahmed Thompson's most interesting. It's just who does Houston trade, right? It's like, who wants, you know, are you trying to part ways with Dylan Brooks? You just signed, like, is somebody bringing him in uh, with three and a half years left on his deal? I don't think so. It does It does feel like they're going to need to consolidate at some point between Jamari Smith, Tari Eason, Cam Whitmore, Ahmed Thompson, uh, you know, Jay Sean Tate, Jeff Green's been in the rotation. Guys, like, they have dudes that they should probably consider shipping out, but um, I, I don't I don't know if they'll do that. But I, I'm, I'm the most tantalized with Ahmed Thompson's upside the rest of the way because you forget how much time he missed early on you know he kind of got a late start compared to the rest of these rookies yeah god everything you said makes sense all right we'll do this one quickly but good kind of general general knowledge question um in head-to-head category leagues what stat levels are considered elite in each category hmm. uh assuming you mean like per player um there's actually if if you are, I don't even know if you have to be a subscriber to RotoWire to to access the uh, specific ratings. There's a I could here. You know what I'll do? I'll post this in the chat right now. Uh, this link. Um, if you go to the link, we have a ratings page on RotoWire. So if you go to the NBA side, there's a rankings tab. You go to ratings. You click that. Um, that's basically like our seasons per game rank, uh, rankings. How guys are are doing for the whole season. Um, so if you sort by like, let's say assists, uh, we have a Z score set up, which long story short, a Z score is like, how better, how much better are you than average? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you would consider elite, but I think just, you know, ripping off this page, like 11 rebounds is probably elite for rebounds, uh, points. It's probably something like 30 assists, anything over eight. I think you could probably consider elite mm-hmm. steals. I don't know. One over 1. 1.6, 1. 1.7, 1. 
Blocks yeah. is like two and a half. Threes is like three and a half. Things like that. So you can kind of mess around with that page and see um, what what's up there. Yeah, it's also interesting. You could go all the way back to, I think, 2010, 11. Our, our tech team is putting a ton of work on this page. We use it all the time. You know, when we when we reference like, oh, this guy ranks 30th over the last 30 days. That's usually where we're pulling it from. Uh, so it's really interesting to look back and also note how what I would what I would say is an elite level is way different now than it was even five years ago. You know, I mean, like, I, that's something I've thought about a lot, you know, in terms of, you know, I, I didn't I didn't like, you know, make a point to go get Joel Embiid in, in like my auction league specifically or Luka Doncic. And you're like, man, so those guys put up 73 points. I mean, that's like a, you know, that, even from like another star player, it's like that might be a week from someone like Pascal Siakam. You know, if he's yeah. playing three games, he might give you 73 total or even some four game weeks. Um, so I, I do think those specific categories, specifically points. Uh, you know what it means to be elite. Like we got, we got four guys right now averaging at least 31 points a game. I mean, Embiid's up at at 36 points per game. Uh, threes is, is the other one I think that has changed most. You know, if, if if you used to be somebody averaging like two, two and a half made threes, that was like, whoa, all right, all right you're like close to the top of the league. You know, Curry was kind of on his own island, um, and he still is this season, by the way. He's averaging like 0.8 more made threes than anybody else. But um, not only have the the elite guys raised their volume, but the, the middle level, I think, is is the biggest thing. I mean, you have like, you know, well over 100 players averaging, you know, like at least 1.4, 1.5 threes per game. Yep. And uh, an important thing to know if you're looking at that page and just like in general for fantasy, if you're playing cats is is um, percentages are weighted by volume. So, um, you know, a guy taking more free throws uh, at like 75% is going to do more if you're affecting your free throw percentage on a guy shooting 95% on like two attempts. Yeah. Um, so like, for example, you know, if you sort by like best free throw, a uh, best players affecting free throw percentage, it's Embiid right now at number one shooting 88% who actually does more for you than Lillard shooting 92% at his volume. Mm. Um, it's kind of a weird nuance in fantasy, but almost everybody who's giving you something that I would consider very good in the free throw categories over 85% on pretty high volume. Yeah, that was a very good, uh, very good succinct analysis. And again, go check out that page. It's just, uh, you know, it's under our, our stat dropdown and ratings uh, where you can find all that. And Alex dropped it in the chat as well. Jonathan Isaac question. So Jonathan Isaac's injury management minutes issue was his or Orlando's idea. Uh, weird for him to jump up to 20 minutes at two straight games. I agree. Now he's not on the injury report the day after. Very weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just haven't really been thinking about Jonathan Isaac. You know, I think everybody that's watching right now has probably been harmed by Jonathan Isaac at some point <laughs> throughout their days playing fantasy basketball. Um, if this becomes a trend, you know, it becomes interesting again. But, you know, Alex, he's kind of in the Ben Simmons zone for me where it's just that, that promise is there. You know, you look and, you know, right now he's averaging like – the, the second best block rate of his career, you know, the steal rates actually down this season, but the minutes have been low. Like we're not that far removed from talking about him as like a future defensive player of the year. But I just, mm -hmm. I don't really know if I, if I trust it, this has been a, a strange situation. If you're in a deep enough league, like uh 16, I think it's fine as like an exploratory ad. If you have the space, you're doing well in your league, you can you can get rid of the spot or whatever. You can't be adding a guy like Isaac if you're struggling because he's just not it's it's not consistent enough production. Um but uh it is weird. 
it is absolutely weird. But I just don't think he's ever going to see like over 25 minutes a game consistently with the way Orlando's roster is with his injury issues. So he's sort of more like a deep league streamer, I think, almost like for the foreseeable future. All right. We will hit as many more of these as we can. Got about 10 more minutes or so. Uh, is there any player you would trade Luca for? Asks our, our friend Matt. He says, I have Luca and Kyrie, and they don't play many games in the fantasy playoffs. He's in a Yahoo points league. Oh, yeah. Um, man, that's tough. I mean, obviously, there's a case for Embiid, there's a case for SGA, there's a case for Jokic. That's probably where I would draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. I know the, the fantasy playoffs issue is, is definitely a, uh, it's a concern. I remember hearing, you know, knowing about like those guys, not yeah. people they want to draft them for that reason. But uh, to actually answer your question, I uh, it, it really has to be a guy like basically in the MVP conversation. That's also a good fantasy player. Like, yeah, like Nick said, Embiid, uh, maybe Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, SGA, guys like that. You know, I think the, the points league is, a, is at least a discussion. Yeah, we're talking points league, right? So it's like Giannis is in there. Um, I don't think I would go, like if you're just talking straight up fantasy points per game, I don't think I would go lower than like five compared to what Luca's averaging. And that would be a pretty significant step down. Um, so, you know, if I don't know exactly what he's averaging. He's got to be 55 or 60. If, let's say he's averaging yeah. 55. I don't see you off the top of my head. I could look it up, but if he's, if he's at 55, I'll, I'll see where he actually is. 61. Jesus. Oh. 61 fantasy points per game for Doncic. I wouldn't go below 55 if you're trading for anybody, you know? All right. Let's hit a couple of these rapid fire is Bilal Koulibaly, a stash in a 12 team head to head nine category league. Uh, I don't know. Not for me, probably not. I think he's already playing enough minutes that if there were to be some sort of shutdown, yeah, you'd probably see a slight boost, but I, I don't know. I don't I don't think he's the type of guy that you're like, all right, here's 30% usage rate. Go crazy. Um, yeah. So for me, it, it, if it's a yes or no question, it'd be a no. I think people want Koulibaly to happen more than it is likely to happen. Uh, and like Nick said, he's getting a decent amount of minutes. Um there's, you know, I, I can, I can try to do this very quickly. I'm like rip, I'm doing some on off right now where I'm like ripping Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma off the court to see like what, mm-hmm. if Koulibaly's usage increases by a lot. Um, yeah. With Poole and, and Kuzma off the court, Koulibaly's usage goes up by 4.6%, which is what I would consider decent, but not like game changing. Um He's a stash again if you can afford it. If you're at the top of your rankings, like if you're top three in your league, do it. If you are below that, you just need production right now. And that's not what Koulibaly's doing. Angel or Angel Figueroa says Kaminga or Draymond in a points league. Interesting. Wow. They, they've, um, they've both been good since Draymond's been back, but have just very different uh, statistical uh, specialties, I guess is one way to put it. I, I think I would lean Kaminga in a points league. I think I would too. I'm double checking. Yeah. Yeah, it's close. I, I think it's actually a toss-up. Um it's a toss-up for me, but I'm I'm fine rolling with Kaminga. I don't think there's a problem with that. Okay. Uh, another good question. Should I accept Tyrese Maxey for my Anthony Edwards? 
Hmm. Tyrese Maxey for your Anthony Edwards. Um, yeah, Maxey has slowed down a little bit yeah. compared to earlier in the season, but over the past 30 days, he's still ranked 36th in eight cat. Um, while Edwards is ranked 35th in eight cat, of course. Yeah. Um, should you do it? I think I'm cool with it either way. I, I don't think anybody's going to end up winning that trade. No. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody like it's to me, it's a wash. Yeah. If you this want is kind of a, kind of a, what do you need uh question for me? And the stat lines are relatively similar in general, but I mean, the one, the one thing where Maxi has the key edge, I would say is free throw shooting. You know, he's more efficient, takes about the same amount. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I think these guys are like dead even the rest of the way, which says more about it. I think the crazy season that Maxi's had, because you know, Edwards has been maybe a slight disappointment, but it's not like he's playing badly. Um, you know, you could say with Edward or with Maxi, is there a chance that Philly takes a big swing at the deadline? You know, do they talk themselves into Zach Levine? Uh, there, there is a scenario, you know, where they, where they do that. And then, then you're probably going to wish that you had Edwards. So that's, that's just one last thing I would say, if, if that breaks the tie for you. Um, let's see. Oh, we already talked about Cam Red or excuse me, Cam Johnson and Shade and Sharp. Uh, Paul says there a possibility of Portland sitting Simons, Houston sitting Shangoon and or Chicago sitting Kobe White toward the end of the season? Good question. I don't I don't think Chicago sits Kobe. I no. he's so he's young and he's in theory a part of their future if they do decide to rebuild and I think they just want reps. They just want him to get reps. I don't think Houston will sit Shangoon again another young guy. I they're they're in a weird spot though at 21 and 24 if they're starting hot. Portland sitting Simons, I think that's actually the most likely because yeah. Portland is so bad. And Ivy, or excuse me, and Simons. Simons is 24. I feel like that could go either way. I feel like they won't sit him because part of me feels like, I mean, Portland's horrible with him playing anyway. And part of me feels like they'll they'll sit their other vets. They'll trade Brogdon and they'll be like, hey, Simons, you want to score 35 every night? That'll be awesome for us and for you. Um, So uh, I don't think either, uh, any of those are are particularly that likely. No, I, I'm least worried about Kobe White. I'm really not worried about Shangoon either. I mean, Houston, I, I think it's pretty likely to be that Houston is at least like in the play-in mix until the end of the yeah. season. You know, it's like if he were to sit, it maybe it would be like the last week, but I, I just don't see it. I mean, I don't know what the motivation would be. He's still young enough. You're developing him. You want as many reps as possible. Uh, you know, Houston does owe a top four protected pick to the Thunder, but you know, they're not, they're not going to feel good about their chances to get into the bottom four here. So I don't, I don't think we see anything weird at the end of the year where they try to save that pick. Um, you know, they, they also have Brooklyn's first rounder coming in. I believe that's completely unprotected. So that kind of cancels out anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Simons, you could maybe see it, but uh, because Portland is like on that line where like they could, I think right now they have the fifth worst record and they're like three games better than Charlotte. So maybe, maybe at the end of the year, if they, if they really want to try to push for, for top four lottery odds, I could see it. Uh, but yeah, the other two, I'm not, not really worried about at all. Uh, all right. <laughs> I will say, I think it's more so that Brogdon is helping them win games. So yeah. I would, the, the Brogdon out. move, I think is going to make a lot more difference than like a, a Simon's yeah. situation. Uh, Admiral Nita says, which players should I drop to bring Kyrie and Evan Mobley off of IR? It's going to drop two of Draymond, Wiggins, and Wendell Carter. Tough call. Uh, I think I would drop Wiggins. I yeah. think that to me is like the 
the very quick, like my snap decision. I'm I'm 100 percent cool to drop to drop Wiggins. Uh, Wendell Carter versus Draymond's a little interesting because Wendell Carter's been playing better lately. Uh, I think to uh, honestly, I think their upside is pretty similar in terms of like even, uh, yeah, 12 team cats, pretty similar upside. I will say Wendell, Wendell Carter gets hurt all the time. I mean, he got hurt earlier this season. He has never played more than 62 games in a year. I'd be worried about him getting hurt again. Um, Draymond, maybe Draymond gets suspended again. Who knows? Um, Possible. But yeah, uh, I guess if you made if you made me pick, gun to my head, as they say, I would drop Wiggins and Wendell Carter. But I think any combination of those two, if one of them involves Wiggins, is fine. Yep, I'm with you there. Carter versus Green is really tough. I'd, I'd probably, oh man, I'd probably drop Wendell Carter. You know, he's been great for a week and a half. He's been really bad and injured for like 15 other weeks. So that would that would just kind of break the tie for me. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, interesting question relating to the Hawks from Corey Jack. He says, thoughts on Nyeka Kongwu, odds Capella gets traded. I mean, the Hawks are are a disaster right now. They're, they're nineteen and nineteen and twenty seven. They are in tenth. I mean, we're we're talking about a, a I would say a likely playing team at this point. But uh, I mean, it feels like when they lose, they've just been like it's been so bad. You know, all their losses feel like blowouts lately. Um, Capella could get traded. You know, he's he expires after next year, so you're getting you know a year and a half. Uh, I, I don't you know twenty two mil next year. I don't think that's like that big of an albatross. I just like I don't know how many teams really want that archetype of player right now. Uh, you know, I mean, the the really the team that comes to mind would be the Knicks. It's like would they would they view him oh. as kind of a Mitchell Robinson replacement? Um, although yeah. you know, we'll see if Robinson could get back. Other than that, it's he's just one of those guys that everybody is like, yeah, he's a good player. We we don't really want him though. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some point they're gonna un- unleash a Congo. I really hope so, man. I I, I have him on like every long term league that I'm in. I'm like I'm not punting on this guy. I think he's like. He reminds me so much of Bam when he's out there, and they just they refuse to play him. Um, I don't know. I, I will say the odds that Clint Capella gets traded to me forty five percent. That's fine. Yeah, I part of me wonders if he qualifies. Is he a negative asset at twenty two million for next year? You know, would they have to actually make a move? Like, would he would it almost be a, a glorified like salary dump to get rid of? I don't know Capella. Uh, so yeah, like Nick said, how many guys are looking for? Presumably, you're bringing in Capella, probably not to be your starter, unless you are the Knicks. Uh, and then you want t- a guy playing 20 minutes for 22 million. Uh, you know, maybe Orlando tries something, but I think they like Wendell Curry Jr., etc. Um, look, I think if you can if you can stash a Kongwu on your roster until the trade deadline, just to, just to hope, do it because a Kongwu is again someone who's fine to roster. Um, Cause you can play them when they have, you know, Hawks are on a four game week or something. And it's going to be mm-hmm. nice, but it's, uh, it's tough to say. Uh, can Harrison Barnes keep up this production? We'll do this one quickly because we addressed it at the top of the show. Uh, no, definitely not. But <laughs> that did not stop me from going out and picking him up uh, in the very important league this weekend. He scored 32, 39 and 20 in three straight games. Prior to that, you know, you can take a pretty large sample here. We'll, we'll take his last, uh, I don't know, 25 games before this little spree. He averaged nine points on 47% shooting. Uh, the thing is, he's been efficient. It's not like he's having a bad year. He just doesn't, he just has a low usage rate, doesn't really do anything. Uh, no, I mean, the much, much larger sample suggests that 
this is one of his like two or three times a year where he goes crazy and reminds people that he's actually pretty good. But in general, I, I think you should probably expect closer to like 12 points, three or four rebounds, one or two assists, you know, cross your fingers for a block and a steal. The past five years, seven years of data on Harrison Barnes tells you that like his best case scenario is he's maybe the 125th ranked player in cats and gets 27 fantasy points. And that's if he does that for like a really long stretch, um, which I don't think he's suddenly going to do now. So um, I'm cool with picking up, picking him up while he's hot, like Nick said, but mm-hmm. he could just as easily go back to averaging 12 a game for the rest of the year. <sighs> All right. Um, I don't know if this is a question or just a statement from Christopher, but this is interesting. He said, the one thing that drives me crazy with all fantasy analysis people alike, it's important to play the guys with a four-game week as opposed to the three or two. How often do any of them even play four in a week? So if we're reading this correctly, is this is this a an assessment that it's not that important to, to have a difference between two, three, four games because, you know, with rest and injuries, guys don't likely play four anyway? Is that is that your read of this? Uh, I think it's more of like, uh, there's a pretty good, you have like a, you know, like a, a, a 35th ranked player on, on three games and like a 60th ranked player on, on four games, you know, why play the worst player when the chances of them not playing four games is, is pretty high. My argument, I sort of against this would be the part, the player has more chances to play more games yeah. than the odds of them playing, like you can miss. <laughs> I think the odds of a guy missing one game are the same. So then it doesn't really matter. Like if you play a guy in a three game week, I think his chances of missing a game and then going down to two is just as high as a guy playing four games going down to, to three, unless yeah. they are a known injury risk. If they're Al Horford right. or somewhere or Gorgon yeah. Hayward or whoever. Um, but you yeah. have to like, it's it sounds really primitive. Like if you're in a points league, just add up the fantasy point averages and you know, multiply it by their chances to play or like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the total stats across the board in a Roto League. How many points, rebounds, assists is this guy possibly going to average if he plays all of his games? Because all we can assume is that a guy is going to play all the games in a week unless, again, it's a known guy who sits back-to-backs or is always hurt or something yeah. like that. And, th- and those guys have been fewer and further between this season, right? I mean, like Kawhi's playing back-to-backs, right? I mean, LeBron and AD have stayed healthy. It's like a lot of these guys that we kind of stayed away from or were really cautious about it's, it's, they've had better health than you'd expect. So yeah, I, I think what you, the, the number one point you brought up is you can make the same case. If you say, well, a guy in a four game week, you might only play three. Well, if you have a three game week, you might only play two. If you have a two game week, you might only play one. Um, and there's just, there's just not that many players right now who are like, Oh, it's a back to back. He's for sure sitting out. You know, you, you might, you might mix it in every now and then like the, the T wolves did that with Mike Conley last week, although it wasn't even on a back to back weirdly enough. Uh, there's just nothing you can do about that. And that's when you want a guy in a four-game week because then you're not kicking yourself and saying, oh, man, I'm only getting two games out of this guy. Um, all right. We got our, our daily Scoot Henderson question. Keep Scoot in a nine-cat league or use it as a streaming spot instead. I'd stream it for now uh, unless you – I do I do think – I'm on record all year out. So there's going to be a time when Scoot is good. I think he could have like a shaded sharp type of run at the end of the year. It, it just hasn't been happening, right? Like if you're putting Scoot in like a weekly lineup – Right now, it is it is actively damaging your team more often than not. So I, I would stream it. It's killer, man. Eight minutes against Indiana on January 19th. Six minutes against the Spurs two games ago. Um, 
it is really hard to recommend a guy who is who is dealing with that. I you know Brogdon, I assume he's going to get traded, give Scoot a better chance, but Scoot hasn't done that much when he's been given more minutes. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I my my advice I I give this blanket advice a lot. If you're near the top of your standings, sure. If you need production, if you're in the middle of your standings, you're sixth and you're trying to get the third for cash or whatever it is, you got to just get guys on your roster who are doing stuff right now to climb up the standings. Yep. Uh, Thoughts on Mark Williams and Zach Levine. Look, I I wish we had insider info on Williams specifically. We got the quote unquote, not close to returning update uh, a little over a week ago. Who knows what that means? Charlotte has won 10 games this season. Um, You know, they're, they're not rushing anybody back. I think at this point, got to expect that he's out through the all-star break. You know, that's a nice like seven, eight days off for Charlotte where, you know, maybe that's the, the kind of boost he needs, but I don't know, man. I mean, this, this could also just be a total lost season. And then Levine, like he's legit injured, but I also think this is a trade deadline thing. I, I don't think they really want to risk anything. Uh, I, I think he's likely going to be dealt. And the latest update on him came, I think Friday. Um, they said he's going to miss at least another week. So you know, if he's out all of this week, they play tomorrow, they play Wednesday, they play Saturday, and then they have five more games before the all-star break. We'll see. I mean, that, that could also, you know, the trade deadlines obviously sprinkled in there too. You know, it's possible that he's played his last game for the bulls. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think everything you said about both those guys is right. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't have any, you know, insights that aren't, uh, described on, on Rotowire or anything more than any other beat writer said. Yep. All right, we'll do a couple more, and then we'll be out. Uh, interesting one here from Skeeter. Trade Porzingis for Turner and Wembenyama for Chet. Trying to prep for playoffs, scared of a Wemby shutdown, and KP continuing to sit games. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind the, the the line of thinking here. I think the framework makes some sense. Uh, you know, Wembenyama and, and Chet have been, at the very least, comparable this season. You know, Wembenyama's, you know, on balance, been the better fantasy player despite the minutes restriction. You know, I'm with you on Porzingis. You know, he got got hurt over the weekend. Doesn't seem like it's too serious, but you you know, it just feels like you're always waiting for that injury to come. Um, yeah, this is tough, man. Because Turner Turner has been like playing at like an 80th ranked level lately, and Porzingis, yeah, Porzingis is gonna get hurt. Wemby's been the ninth ranked player over the past 30 days. Dude, he's um, nasty. playing limited minutes. He's playing back to backs now. The minutes are back up. Chet's more in the 60 range during this stretch. Um, I think it's fine to do if you're worried about those things, but it's, um, man, I would, I, I would be just as worried about either scenario. I'd be worried about trading. Like I, I'd worry that I'd flip the coin. It'd be the wrong thing, no matter what that's, um, yeah. if you can, I would say I would wait to do this. Cause I don't think the Wemby shutdown is imminent. I agree with you. I think, I think it probably happens at some point, although, I don't see the Spurs falling out of the bottom four. You know, that's really the, the number one concern. But there, you know, I think there is, it's almost like a pitcher with an, with an innings limit, you know, coming into the year. Um, you know, we've seen that with like young pitchers and, and some, even some older guys before where it's, you know, they're pretty firm on that. I, I there was some dude for the Marlins this past year. Um, anybody who follows baseball is probably like, you're an idiot. This is like a big name guy. But that's kind of how I view Wembenyama. Like, I, I think, I think they might have like a number in their mind of like, this number of minutes, you know, we've, we've run the numbers with our training staff and like, there's like an optimal, um, you know, number for him where they wanted to get, you know, a certain amount of experience without exposing him to risk. But the Spurs are, I mean, they played 46 games. So if he gets shut down, you know, maybe it's a mix of, 
you know, you're mixing in some days off or, you know, he misses the final 10 games of the year. Like I don't see Wembenyama missing like tw- the final 25 games. I would, I would try to milk this as long as I can with Wembenyama. Yeah. Cause last year what the Spurs did is they would just play guys like two games and then sit them yeah. two games and then sit them one game, sit three games, sit. They wouldn't like shut guys down, but that's to an extent, you know, like that's, almost just as harmful because you think you're getting three games against one. You can't even start the guy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Um, we'll do, yeah, maybe two more. This, this might be the penultimate Draymond green, Rozier or Hartenstein rest of season. I mean, Rozier has not done that much no. since going to the heat. Um, three games averaging nine points on 11 shots. So that's going to increase. You'll probably average more like 14 or 15 points. Uh, his shooting's just been off. So I think, look, again, Rozier, I think he's going to be like 14 and five probably for the rest of the year based on what we've seen through three games, um, which is pretty solid. But I think that will, there's a good chance that is worse than Draymond. And I think there is a good chance that is worse than what Hartenstein is doing for you. Um, the Hartenstein Achilles injury is mildly concerning, but we don't know yet if he's going to have his minutes limited. So uh, that's that's hard to say. Yeah, I, I'm a little more optimistic on Rozier. Like, I think if he averages 14, 4, and 5 the rest of the way, like, that'd be a little disappointing. I think you're hoping for more, but there are a lot of mouths to feed in Miami. Like, more than anything, it just depends on, like, does Bam, you know, does Jimmy Butler continue to miss time? Does Tyler Hero miss 10 games at some point? You know, it's like there are going to be weeks or stretches where I think Rozier plays really well. Um, you know, it's important to know at Hardenstein, top 35 guy in category leagues in the last month. Um, you know, it's not only the high volume rebounds, but almost two steals a game, one and a half blocks. So he's, he's been probably even better than you might expect. So this is really difficult. Um, and then Draymond, you know, just you look at, you've never like blown away by a stat line, but it, it kind of adds up for fantasy. I, I think I would rank them. I think I would go Hartenstein, Dray, Hartenstein, Rozier, Draymond. I mean, Rozier versus Draymond is so close, such different players, but yeah. uh, you got pretty good options there. Um, all right. Last, last real question. Then we got one more I want to hit. Uh, Joel says, should I flip LeBron for DeJounte Murray and Jabari Smith? I just lost Julius Randle and I lost John Morant. I feel like I need to make a move. 14 team category league. Um, uh, Jabari Smith's all right. I mean, I, in a 14 team league, he should be rostered for sure. He's, he's going to be a fringe starter for you. I think, um, I don't, I don't mind this trade. Um, eh. Murray is Worse than LeBron in fantasy, but not a lot. They're separated by like 20 ranks and cat uh, over the past month or so. So getting Jabari Smith back, eh, not, not not bad. Um, I'd try I to get a slightly it. better sweetener, um, mostly because I, I think DeJounte Murray could get traded to a worse situation. That situation could be playing with LeBron. <laughs> that, is that is true, you actually. Know? Yeah. So I, I don't think this is like a terrible trade, but... If somebody offered me LeBron for Murray and Smith, I think I would take it. Is the way I would put that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that is a good point. We don't know about Murray's situation. You might want to wait until after the deadline, see what happens. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I would just try to do a little better than Jabari for your for your second option. It depends on the on the guy's roster, obviously, or girls' uh, roster, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not like I like I really like him. I just think he's been misused and I'm not just not that excited about him for fantasy. We talked earlier about like the seven threes and fours that, that Houston has right now and sorting through all that. So I would just try to do a little bit better because I mean LeBron's coming off of like his best statistical game of the year, right? 36, 20, and 12 the other night. 
um, you know, try to try to deal him to somebody who doesn't think he's going to get hurt and, you know, see if you can really push the, push the boundaries. Like I wouldn't go in with this offer. Like this is, this is arguably fair, but I think you, I would start a little bit higher and make, make somebody say no. Um, all right. Last one. Dennis says, love the Kings and Raptors artwork in the frames. There we go. Just put these up today. Uh, can you share the artist? I can. Uh, I'll link his, his Twitter in the chat is Ryan Simpson. However, I got these a long time ago, probably like, I don't know, seven ish years ago. And I don't know that the store is still active. I know every now and then he'll do, you know, he'll tweet something out and be like, Oh, the store is back up, but it's been, it's been very hit or miss. It hasn't been as consistent as it was. Uh, he used to sell a, a bunch of, you know, really cool stuff, mostly NBA related, but some pop culture, some, you know, football, basketball, baseball, um, so check it out. I would, I would bookmark it and, you know, maybe follow him on Twitter and just see, cause I, I think the store will reopen at some point. But, uh, as of right now, when I go to his website, it says BRB store will be back soon. So I uh, wish I could help you out more, but that's, uh, that's where you could find that. All right, guys, thank you for all the questions in the chat. You guys make this a fun pod for us. Uh, we'll be doing this every Monday through the season, uh, around two 30 central time. I'll be back with Brandon Kravitz on Wednesday. Uh, that'll be around 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, and Alex will be talking waiver wire on Friday with Ken and Shannon. We'll have episodes Tuesday and Thursday as well. So keep an eye out for those. Go follow us uh, on Twitter, Rotowire Fantasy Basketball. You can follow Alex and I uh, at Whalen, at Barutha Alex. And please like, subscribe, throw some comments on the videos. We'll answer those on YouTube. But uh, appreciate everybody listening and watching along as usual. And we will talk to you next Monday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.